Hey guys, Milo here. So, I made a deal with Dad this week that if I was a really good boy all week, that he would allow me to do the intro for this week's episode on the YLP Podcast. Well, apparently I'm here, so I must have been a good enough boy to actually do this intro. And I'm very excited, and I'm much less nervous than I was the first time I did it. So, here we go, okay? And a one, and a two. Coming up! On this week's episode of News of the Week for episode 323 of the YLP Podcast, Dad has apparently a lot to talk about, so I will make this as quick as humanly possible. Well, I'm I'm not a human. I'm a doge. Anywho, I'm fluffy and cute. But anyway, Dad's going to be talking about what happened in Elimination Chamber and his thoughts about the show. Well, he didn't seem so mad when he watched the show, so it might not be as um, curse word laden as it usually is, but we'll see what happens, and hopefully um, he doesn't say any too, too many bad words, you know. Um, also, Cesaro. Cesaro. Apparently, he left WWE quietly, quieter than I am at night when my mom goes to bed. Um, so that's going to be a big deal. We'll talk about all that stuff that happened with that. Also, there's an update, a lot of updates. But one big one is that AJ Styles apparently got a lot of money on his uh, new deal with WWE. So we're going to be talking about that as well. And the biggest news of the day, well, for me, is I get to take a really, really good nap after I finish this intro. So that's going to be great. But there's one more person that's going to be in the Ring of Honor Hall of Fame. I'm sure you already know. Dad probably knows you know. But we're going to talk about it anyway because... This is one that Dad was really happy about when he heard the news on who's now in the Ring of Honor Hall of Fame. So, yeah, other than that, I'm going to go, I'm going to let Dad finish the intro, and I'm going to go take a nap. See you guys. Yep, that's right, Milo. Big show today. And Milo pretty much just set it out. Mr. YLP Jr. gave you the stage of which we will be talking about which leaves me with no other choice but to say, well, this is episode 323 of the YLP Podcast. Let's hit that intro. Let's get it started. And with that being said, let us begin. What's going on, guys? Zach from the Rising Delicious Podcast here, and welcome to episode 323 of the YLP Podcast. So glad to have you guys here with me on this Saturday, and I hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for taking out this episode of the podcast, and as always... I greatly and truly appreciate it. Of course, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, opinions, anything about today's show, hit me up with an email. You can hit me up at younglionsperspective at gmail.com. You can also leave a voice message over on anchor.fm slash younglionsperspective. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you're thinking. Let me know. Sound off. Make your voice heard. And if I like what you're saying, if I'm picking up what you're putting down, I will feature it on a future episode of the YLP Podcast and discuss your topic in a segment of itself, which would be very, very nice for all y'all listeners out there. Also, I'm on Twitter 
at YL Perspective. You can find me on Instagram at Young underscore Lions underscore Perspective, as well as over on Facebook. Just search for Young Lions Perspective Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Saturday, February 26, 2022. The last Saturday of February. Yes, February. Mm. The quickest month, the quickest month of the year, you know. And uh, it goes by super fast. January actually went by super fast too, if you honestly think about it. At least from my perspective, no pun intended, of course. But other than that, I hope you guys had a fantastic week. Hope it was a very productive, um, kick-ass, just amazing week. I always want you guys to have the best week possible going into the new week. Usually, like in my in my world, usually the week starts on Sunday because I mean, when you work at Lowe's for five years, that's pretty much your schedule and such. I mean, until like the last two when I was just working a Monday through Friday job and it was just very nice. But again, I hope you guys had a fantastic week. Hope you guys had a very productive week, did some things, um, made a lot of headway towards going towards your goals and all that good stuff because I love productivity and I love seeing people win. That includes you, my fellow listener. So we'll start off today. Usually, you know, we'll start off with just the news and all that stuff. But just like we did with Royal Rumble, I want to talk a little bit about Elimination Chamber, what went down last Saturday. Now, as the usual glutton for punishment, self-inflicted 99 times out of 100, I thought to myself, self, do we really want to watch this Elimination Chamber premium live event all day? And I told you guys last week, you know, I wasn't going to watch it, but for some reason, curiosity just really got the better of me. And I really wanted to see if WWE was going to go full stupid. For the most part, as we, because I'm on Wikipedia right now, looking at the card itself, this show honestly gave me nothing of what I would have expected in the first place with the pay-per-view like Elimination Chamber in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. I mean, it wasn't spectacular. It wasn't stupendous. It wasn't, you know, anything honestly out of the ordinary that I normally would see with a show like Elimination Chamber that was in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. It was it was your basic run-of-the-mill. It felt like a Monday Night Raw to me. It did. And I'm sure people out there will be like, it didn't be my best, great, best show of the year. I don't care. I honestly don't give a shit. Excuse me. I don't. I mean, when you look up and down the card of what actually happened, like, as we talked about last week uh, with Nick Dolan, make sure you go check out that podcast because I know uh, you probably didn't, which is, which is understandable. But if you have a little time, go check that episode out from last week. But throughout this show, my, myself and Miss YLP were watching it a little bit, and it was one of those shows where I was just like, it did exactly what it needed to do. I literally told Miss YLP that after the show ended, it literally did everything it was supposed to do as we are on the road to WrestleMania. Not, I mean, there were some matches that were decent, nothing too crazy, you know. And some matches I just didn't really give a shit about. You know, Rey Mysterio The Miz. I'm thankful it wasn't a pre-show because I wasn't watching that. Didn't care for it, not one bit. So It didn't pique my interest, didn't care. So for it to be on the pre-show, good call on WWE's part. Um, the Usos Viking Raiders, 
ended in a nothing burger, they're probably gonna, they probably already went down and got it in last night. That sounded pretty much wrong. A lot of Andy Wonder there. Don't mind me. But, you know, that was a nothing burger. The um, women's tag match between Naomi and Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Flair and Sonya Deville, eh. You know, eh. It was all right. I mean, you know, for the most part, it looked like Ronda Rousey's hand that was supposed to be tied behind her back was tied at her hip. Okay. Naomi and Ronda got the win, which we fully expected to happen, you know, as we're on the road to WrestleMania with Rousey and Charlotte Flair. More than likely going to main event night one of WrestleMania. WrestleMania Saturday now is what they're calling it. They're not calling it night one or night two anymore. It's WrestleMania Saturday and WrestleMania Sunday. Whatever. Roman Reigns Goldberg. I told y'all. This match just needed this this needed nothing more than 10 minutes. Nothing more than 10 minutes. Thank goodness it went six. And on top of that, they botched the ending. I'm sure most of you caught it. I'm sure most of us caught it. But if you didn't, I'll let you know what exactly what happened towards the end. I don't want to spoil it for you, but three, two, one, here we go. So Roman has. Goldberg in the guillotine. Goldberg tries to ram him into the um, turnbuckles to get out to get out of the hold. Tried once, didn't work. Tried a second time, didn't work. He grabs the ropes. Mans grabs the ropes. Okay. And at that point, the hold should have been broken. Technically. Referee didn't call it. Roman Reigns somehow turns it into falling to the ground, holding him. Goldberg goes night night. Matches over. Six minutes. We're out of here. Roman Reigns retains. Thank goodness. And please, can we just let Goldberg retire? As far as we know, that was his last match on his on his contract. And honestly, and I saw a lot. I saw a lot of this on Twitter. Old Yeller being put out the pasture. Roman Reigns, old yeller Goldberg. If we're being brutally honest, I hope personally this is Goldberg's last match in WWE. I hope personally this is his last match, period. Because, seriously, and, and we're going to discuss, discuss it later on in today's show when we talk about the uh, updated WrestleMania 38 card. I hope Goldberg is nowhere near WrestleMania. I hope Goldberg doesn't sign a new deal. I hope he's just done. I just want him to be done. Man's is 57. And I said it last week and I'll say it again. Oh, but Sting's 60 years old, still wrestling. Yeah. But he's doing it in a better capacity than Goldberg is. A much better capacity than Goldberg is. You've seen the product. You know it and I know it. Fuck you want me to do? They, they did exactly what they needed to do. Reigns beats Goldberg. Goldberg goes night night. Looks strong in defeat, quote unquote. Reigns retains we go on to WrestleMania. Okay, so we have that, and then we had, and before I even get to the uh, other like bigger matches, I hope Mad Cat Moss is all right. That man took a straight up dump of his head. It, it was a, it was Alabama slam spot, went for it, came down, and dude just literally it it looked like Stone Cold Steve Austin's neck crashing into the mat all over again against Owen Hart. 
that was rough to watch. That was rough to see. And I hope, I mean, from what I've like read and seen and all this stuff, Moss is okay. He is all right. And I believe he, I believe he was the one who uh, went, went after he got, was able to get into the back. He apologized to Vince McMahon over and over. So I understand, you know, Mad Cat Moss really took a bump. I hope, hopefully, you know, McIntyre and Moss, you know, are cool. Shout out to, and this is the, probably the one time I'll actually give kudos to Happy Corbin. Corbin, if you caught it, after the dump on his head, was able to get Corbin to the outside. Since it was a false count anywhere match, they could pretty much grab him out there. He Corbin noticed it and allowed... And I think Ref caught it too, and a lot and was able to, like, you know, for Corbin to check on Moss, make sure he's okay, can kind of relate, like, relate that to the Ref, and all this stuff. Like, good, good on Corbin for catching that. Good on Corbin for seeing, you know, the spot. Um, good on Corbin for seeing Moss was hopefully, I mean, now that we know, not hurt, but at the time, damn. And being, you know, just seeing that, and see, that's that. That's a good mind right there. That's a that was a good job by Happy Corbin. As much as I shit on him, you know, sometimes, you know, clock is right twice a day. Sometimes you get it right. Corbin did exactly what he needed to do and allowed that match to actually continue. Just, just, I'll, I'll clap it up for that. I'm going to clap it up for that. That was good. Good on Corbin. Other than that, you know, McIntyre wins. Ha, ha, ha. We'll get McIntyre versus Corbin at Mania. I will laugh. That's a legitimate thing. Oh, boy. Don't let me laugh. Becky Lynch and Lita. Solid. Solid. I mean, this is what we expected. We knew Blinch would retain the championship. That was a foregone conclusion, but what would the match be like? Safe to say it was one of the better matches of the night. If not the best match of the night. I love this match. I enjoyed the fact that Lita really was able to turn back the clock if just for a little bit and bring Becky through a solid match. Exactly what it needed to do. You know. I, I enjoy. I thoroughly actually liked this match. I liked it. You know, I was I was thoroughly impressed. I knew these two were gonna really do the damn thing on the card, and they did. And they did exactly that. You know, I'm happy with the result. I'm happy with the fact that you know Lynch retained, but you know, Lynch and Lita put together a match that was very suitable for my palate. It wasn't the greatest women's match I've ever seen in my life. But it was, you know, a match where you can really, I mean, I mean, they actually made it believable enough to think that Lita could take the championship with the moonsault, with a twist of fate moonsault and kicked out a 2.9. It was a 2.9 on the scale there when I counted it. Um, excuse me, but this, this, was, this was probably, in my honest opinion, the best match of the night. Did exactly what it needed to do and gave us a little bit of intrigue. A, little, a tiny bit of intrigue going into WrestleMania. The women's elimination chamber match. Longest match of the night, by the way. 15 minutes, 41 seconds. And it felt like 15 minutes and 41 seconds. And what I mean by that is it went by super fast. Super, super freaking fast. I mean... It did, well, you know, we didn't get uh, elimination until six minutes in. Two minutes later, Dewdrop got eliminated. And then four minutes after that, Liv Morgan gets eliminated. 35 seconds after that, Rhea gets eliminated. And then three minutes later, Belair eliminates Alexa Bliss, becoming the number one contender to the Raw Women's Championship. I mean, come on. Come on. 
I told y'all this what? Four weeks ago? Four weeks ago. Episode 329 of the YLB podcast. Four weeks ago. And I told y'all. When Rousey won the Royal Rumble, it's going to be Charlotte. It was always going to be Charlotte. There wasn't a doubt in my mind it was going to be Rousey versus Charlotte. They're doing a stupendous WrestleMania. They're going to go all the fuck out. Regardless of the fact that now we know Rousey Lynch is going to happen more than likely at WrestleMania 39, as it's reported. I knew from jump they weren't going to give us the match we really wanted and deserved. We're going to give you what you want back in 2018. I'm just saying. So the only logical winner in this case, which I also have been saying for weeks, Bianca Belair. Belair Lynch was the money was the money match that you had on the raw side of the women's division. Alexa Bliss. I mean, it would have been cool to see that, but how would you build that? Ripley was the, I mean, my three, in my mind, you know, the, the two I had in my mind, that I thought we're gonna, if Bianca Belair didn't win, it was gonna be Rhea Ripley or Alexa Bliss. I knew they weren't gonna give it to Morgan because they are, she already got her opportunity back in January. Dewdrop had her shot in January and Nikki A.S.H., I mean, she hasn't been really relevant since she won the Women's Championship last year and then lost it like literally three or four weeks later. Thank you. That was basically like what that was. That was a thank you on a good job title reign. Wasn't anything special. Just, you know, you did it. You did it, kid. Good job. But, I mean, I knew from jump. Just got to follow the bouncing ball. Follow the bouncing ball. It was always going to, Bel Air Lynch was was their money match for Raw. Rousey Flair was always going to be WrestleMania 38. I knew that, you know, when they were, when the report started, I'm just like, she's going to win the Rumble. Like, well, Nick called that 100%. Rousey was going to win the Rumble. And I basically called that Rousey was going to face Charlotte. It's not rocket science here, y'all. I mean, I don't, I, I, I'm not the type of person to try to like put words down in your throat, but I'm just saying like, I've said this. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm sure you've noticed it too. I knew, I, I'm sure you maybe had a feeling like they're probably going to do Rousey Charlotte. If you didn't, that's okay. That's not, I mean, I wanted Rousey Lynch too. I really did, but I knew for a fact that WWE wasn't going to give us that. But now Bianca Belair finally gets her shot against Becky Lynch. Roman championship. And hopefully, you know, Belair takes the championship back from Lynch. And hopefully they actually build Belair as a top draw in the women's division. And hopefully, they build up Rhea Ripley, they build up Alexa Bliss, they build up Drew Drop a little bit more, and maybe, and I'm, I mean, this is just me hope, being hopeful that they'll actually do that. Will they? Remains to be seen, but Belair Lynch was the only like right match you had, regardless of what it was. It just made sense. And then, oh, and then I'm going to be happy and I'm going to be, I might be in my uh, F you, I was right mode here on this one. Men's, men's elimination chamber, less than 15 minutes, did exactly, exactly what it needed to do. 
Now, we found out coming out of Elimination Chamber that Bobby Lashley suffered a shoulder injury back at the Royal Rumble in his match against Brock Lesnar. That's why he was written off basically the way he was when the, uh, Seth Rollins powerbomb Austin Theory into the pod. Lashley tried to sell it as a, con- well, what we've learned from WWE kayfabe-wise, they called it concussion protocol. We found out it was a shoulder injury and the way they... The way that um, Lashley tried to sell it, he tried to sell it definitely as a concussion, but you could tell the win- like, you could tell when he landed on his shoulder, I think I believe it was his left shoulder, he winced hard as shit. Um, so in my mind, I'm thinking, that's a shoulder. That's not a concussion. That's a shoulder. Mind you, I already know about the results prior to, so I already had an idea of what they were going to do. Um, but yeah, man, Lashley is now reportedly out for four months he is going to miss wrestlemania and the way i see it he is more than likely going to be missing a good amount of time leading into SummerSlam in july uh money well he'll, he'll be back for money in the bank and SummerSlam, but in what capacity we don't know i mean four months is like is like literally forever in wwe so we don't know what storyline is going to be or what, what in capacity he'll be involved heading into money in the bank and SummerSlam. but you know we here uh of course the yp studios and here at the YLP Podcast, wish, of course, on behalf of WrestleAtic Radio, we wish Bobby Lashley a very, very speedy recovery in his return. Um, hopefully, and here's what I'm hoping for. Honestly, I'm hoping to see MVP work with the Hurt Business again. You know? I would like to see that again, personally. I would love to see that again. You know, make amends. Hopefully, WWE allows it to happen because, honestly, without, you know, Lashley, MVP is just chilling. Give him something to do. Let him rock with the herd business for a little while. And see if they can bring back that magic. We'll see. That's just wishful thinking. But getting into the match itself, again, and this was a common theme that I noticed. This was They did exactly what they needed to do. After Lashley was ousted from the match, kayfabe, um, Brock Lesnar pretty much just killed everybody. <laughs> not literally, not literally. Calm down. Relax. But yeah, Brock, Brock Lesnar destroyed everybody. You know? Stop, I mean, from, from what I saw, you know, there were some good little sequences, you know, with Styles, with Theory, with Riddle. Very nice stuff. Very nice stuff. Rollins killed it. They all killed it. I mean, everybody did what they needed to do in the match. It was great. You know, like Rollins, mind you, is over as fuck in Saudi Arabia. Let's just put that out there. Rollins is over as fuck. That theme music, man, I actually like kind of like didn't fuck with it for a little bit, but now that that song is infectious. Infectious. The crowd in Saudi Arabia was just just mesmerized and just Ed Rollins played up to it so fucking well. I was just thoroughly impressed by that. You know, Rollins is over. Regardless of what you think, you know, if we believe that he raids Becky Lynch's closet. All the jokes I make on Seth Rollins, it's just for sport. But you got to be an idiot to not see how over Seth Rollins is. You got to be a true idiot to not see that, yeah, Seth Rollins, everywhere he goes, is over as fuck. What does that mean in the future? What does that mean in the remainder of 2022 for Seth Rollins? I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, it's undeniable that he is over. It's undeniable that he's not, it's not, it's undeniable that he's not over. 
Grammar's hard. Help me out with that. Grammarly, let me know. But seriously, you can't deny the fact that Seth Rollins is over as fuck everywhere he goes. And now with the new theme song and the new gimmick, it works. I love it. I love it. Yes, and I, I sometimes I watch Raw every once in a while. I see Rollins on there, and he's just, you know, met, you know, the crowd just chanting to his theme song, and he plays to it so well. And I love that. That was like to open that matchup. That was f- fantastic. Thoroughly happy with that. He and Theory had pretty much had, had a solid little five minutes there against each other. That would be a, that would be a feud. I honestly would love to see. Personally, but I'm, you know. I love me some Austin Theory. Austin Theory in NXT was fucking fantastic. And I wish they did a lot more with him before he got the call up to Raw. But I can honestly see somewhere in the future, praying to the wrestling gods as I speak, Theory Rollins 2022. I would love to see it. If you build if you build that upright, I guarantee you Theory versus Rollins could be on SummerSlam. Just saying, I'm, I'm just throwing, I'm just putting a little bit of something in the juju, you know, letting that ride in the air for a little bit and see if the wrestling gods catch a whiff of it and uh, send that down to Vince McMahon. I'm just saying, you know, everybody played their part. Now we're going on with the match, and then the pods because we're down to Lashley and Lesnar in their pods. Technically, Lesnar is not Lesnar's in his pod. Lashley's not in his because there's no one there and Lashley already left. Lesnar just breaks open the damn pod and then proceeds to destroy everybody. Everybody. So, nobody got eliminated until close to 10 minutes in the matchup. 9.50 is what they're calling it. And then 15 seconds later, Riddle gets ousted by Brock Lesnar. Five seconds after that, Styles gets eliminated by Brock Lesnar. And then it's down to Brock Lesnar and Austin Theory. And honestly, <laughs> honestly, I was, don't mind me, I'm just crumbling up uh, my post-its. Um, this, was the be- this was the best part of the matchup. 100% best part of the matchup. Theory is literally... Damn near pulling a Drake Maverick. Oh, by the way, welcome back, Drake. Good to see you in WWE again. Um, literally pulled a Drake Maverick, and it looked like he had pissed his pants. I had never like. I'm. I'm. We. I'm. I'm sure most of us have never been at the point where we've seen where we look death in the eye. I have. Um, another story for another day, though. It's nothing crazy. I promise. It's not as bad as you think. It sucked, but it's not as bad as you think. But. He looked like he saw death in the eye in the form of Brock Lesnar. And he played up to that wonderfully in the final three minutes and 55 seconds of this match. This man ran like his life depended on it. Because it did. Unfortunately, though, unfortunately, Austin Theory almost... Here's the, here's the more, a more impressive thing. Theory literally could fit in through one of the holes of the chain link cage, okay? Which is impressive in and of itself. And literally was three quarters of the way out. I thought this was gonna be like, I'm like, there's no fucking way they're gonna have Theory like just get out. And in some way, in some capacity, if they did, I would have been laughing. 
laughing. If, if theory was, if they booked theory to actually get out of the cage and somehow, you know, here's here, honestly, I'm just on the fly booking real quick. What if we allowed theory to get out of the cage? Lesnar couldn't catch him. Theory climbs out and literally just runs to the back and just runs to the back and referee was just like doing a tank count just out of spite. And then Brock Lesnar just wins. I would I would have been on the damn floor laughing my fucking ass off. That would have actually that's pretty fucking brilliant. I actually would have been okay with that ending because I would have been laughing. Nonetheless, though, didn't happen. Theory got caught. Um, then gets his head bashed in the damn plexiglass three four times, and then Theory's just like, oh man, I'm about to, I I think I'm in a really bad position. Um, it pretty much was a, it pretty much was that meme. It was at this moment Austin Theory knew he fucked up. Because that boy got thrown off the top of the pod F5 style and just went, oh my goodness. He fall down and go boom. Kudos to Theory for taking that bump. 100%. Like, there, there ain't no fucking way you're going to tell me. Like, you know... They just tell Theory, yeah, so we're going to have Lesnar and uh, on you on top of the pod. Your head gets bashed three, four times. He's going to make it look really good. Just got to sell it proper. And then he's going to F5 your ass off the top of the pod. You couldn't pay me enough guapo to take that bump. Unless I knew myself, Miss YLP herself, and Mr. YLP Jr. were taken care of for the rest of our damn lives. And no amount of money in the fucking world is going to make me want to take that bump. Dead ass. You got you man. You got cut. The, you got cut the fucking check. Mhm. Mm That's why I said. I mean, kudos to Theory for taking that bump, man. Holy shit. Like, like you ever see like a like, like you're watching a, like a boxing match or something, and you just like see one good shot, and you're just like, ooh, that was me. When I saw Austin Theory, I'm like, you couldn't pay me enough. Come pay me enough damn money to do that. I can come pay me enough of the money to do the Yokozuna bonsai drop. Couldn't pay me enough to see uh, when Jonah was in NXT as Bronson Reed to do that uh, that one spot. You couldn't pay me enough to do... No, 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 no. no. Unless I knew you was at least cover my insurance for the next two, three years, depending on if I injured myself. Hell to the no. Hell no. To the no, no, no. Hell to the no. I'm telling you. Not, can't do it. Can't do it. <laughs> but I'm saying that's a, that was a hell of a spot. I mean, kudos to Theory for taking that. One, two, three. Lesnar becomes the WWE champion again. Second time in like, what, four weeks? Okay. That was inevitable. But then, but then I got my ha-ha-ha moment. So I'm going to take a sip of my coffee with my Nespresso shot. Because it's fucking delicious. And it tastes like fucking victory. <sighs> Feeling good. Like I should. Went and took a walk around the neighborhood. That's how I feel right now. Mmm. Y'all know me well enough to know if you've been around since like day if you're if you were day one, A respect. But for most of y'all that have listened for a, a certain, a, a decent amount of time, y'all know I hate to be proven right. I hate it. I hate it more than I hate 
the smell of chitlins. If you ever smell chitlins in your life, it is terrible when it's being boiled. For real. And I'll tell you how it goes. So one day, my sister and I were, you know, when I was living back in Jersey, a little, a young, a true young cub, if you will. Um, my sister and I were playing and we then we smelled, we were outside coming upstairs and we smelled this really, really funky smell. Like those smoke, like those stink bombs you used to buy for like a dollar at the ice cream, the ice cream truck came through in the neighborhood. If you know what I'm talking about, you a real one. If you know, you know. So we walked in and we smelled like, ooh, why I smell stinky? And my grandma was talking about, uh, yeah, um, uh, I'm cooking chitlins. What's chitlins? And then she showed her what chitlins was. Don't ever ask any, don't ask me what chitlins is. Google it. It's chitterlings. Not chitlins, but we, we just say chitlins. It's chitterlings. Let me see if I can smell this quickly. C-H-I-T-T-E-R-L-I-N-G-S. I'm going to tell you right now. You may not want to know the answer. You, you may, you, I'm sorry in advance if you decide to Google it. I'm just saying. If you know what chitlins, if you know what chitlins are, though, you know exactly what I'm about to do. So my grandma, my grandma told us what chitlins was. We were like, <laughs> we were, like I'm like six, seven years old hearing this, and we're and like, Ugh. so we didn't stay inside too long. Um, we went back to play it outside, and uh, we just left it at that. But yeah, that's basically what that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just anywho, but going back to what I'm saying, y'all know I hate being proven right. I hate it more than any like one of the it's like one of the things I truly truly hate when I know I'm gonna be proven right. WWE proved me right. WWE proved me right. I've been saying for some time now that WWE was gonna be stupid enough to have Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. To unify the championships. I'm going I'm to let y'all marinate on that. Because you know I said it. I've been telling y'all for a while now. All roads lead to Brock versus Roman. And somehow WWE were dumb enough to put both. Now it's been announced. That both titles are now going to be on the line. Was I wrong? Was I wrong? No. I mean, I mean, it's one of those things where it's just like you, like when you're like when you're proven right in this case, you should seriously feel like it's victory. To me, it's just like when you know, you know. When you know, you know. It's one of those things where I'm just like, come on, fam. it's it's annoying it's honestly annoying it's annoying because this is basically all we have left in terms of like top tier marquee Wrestlemania matches this is honestly the only marquee match WWE has right now for Wrestlemania I'm sure some of y'all will say no wrestling is a marquee matchup it's no no it's it's, shut up Um, but this this is your only true marquee matchup for your weekend What do you want me to do? Not tell you the truth? You want me to just bullshit with you? 
because we can't be doing that. We gotta keep it a stack. We gotta keep it 100 with ourselves and what we're taking in from the news people, okay? And I'm sure a lot, I'm sure there's some people that were hoping for a Lashley, you know, WWE title match, and it would just be Roman versus Brock for the title. And all this bullshit. It was always going to be to unify the championships. Always. Always. And I know the argument is out there, you know, Fox and USA wouldn't do that. And I don't think Vince McMahon gives a shit. I don't think he gives a fuck. I really don't think he does. Because if he did, we would have a Raw title on the line at WrestleMania, more than likely night one, and just the Universal Championship, night two, and we get Brock the fuck out of here until he decides to get more money in his contract. Other than that, that's how I felt about Elimination Chamber. It did exactly what it needed to do, and unfortunately proved me right in the process. Okay, so that's going to end my little situation on with Elimination Chamber review. When we come back on episode 323 of the YLP podcast, now we're going to get into the news of the week. And we got some big news. All right. Cesaro is officially gone as of Thursday. Left the WWE, quietly leaving the WWE. We're going to talk about all the, net, the news and notes from that, as well as Big E. Not, didn't expect to be reunited with the New Day on SmackDown after dropping the WWE Championship. We'll discuss that, and I'll give you my thoughts on all of that, because this is a situation even a lot, like I talked about before, hot damn. As well as, news from Fightful. Killer Cross says it's hard not to feel like Triple H's NXT is being completely undone. We'll discuss all of that. On the other side of episode 323 of the YALP Podcast, stay tuned! We'll be right back. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, we are back! With episode 323 of the YLP Podcast. And if you hear a bit of chomping in the background over the next few minutes or so, or probably throughout this entire segment, that would be Mr. YLP Jr., a.k.a. Milo. Hey, guys. Milo here. Chomping on a wonderful soup bone that uh, Miss YLP had given to him prior to the beginning of this segment, which I believe was a good call, because um, Mr. Milo had to apologize for last week's... uh, segment we were Nick and I were talking about um Samoa Joe joining the Ring of Honor Hall of Fame we do apologize for that segment that was our bad that was 100 our bad but we still thought it was funny enough to be put on the show <laughs> so we do apologize for that um if you haven't heard it don't um if you do let me know what you thought about it all I know is Milo was being a little little you know instigator no I wasn't dead I saw someone at the door, they had stuff, they rang the doorbell, and I got mad. I mean, fair argument, but still, you didn't have to be a dickhead like that. I wasn't being a, a D-head, Ted. I was just, you know, protecting my territory and protecting you guys. I mean, that's also a fair point, but still, it was unacceptable in the YLP realm, okay? So, I think you're going to be good, though. You have your suit, bone. You're fine. Yep, I do. Oh, guys, have a good day and have a kick-ass weekend. I'll allow it. 
Anywho, <laughs> before we get into the uh, news of the week, of course, make sure you check out the family of Wrestle Addict Radio podcast everywhere you can listen to podcasts. Of course, I'm talking about the Kings of the Rings podcast and the Fretzelmania podcast, which you can check out. Um, talking about Kings of the Rings podcast live every Wednesday night at p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Pre-show starts at 7.30 for y'all East Coasters out there. I am now a non-East Coaster. So it would be 5.30 for me and 6 o'clock starting. Um, I actually caught a little bit of the pre... I actually listened to a bit of the pre-show and a bit of the show. Um, of course, I had to make dinner. Of course, I was making dinner uh, later on. So I couldn't really, you know, listen to it as much, you know, cooking things. So um, I did... If you did want to check out... Um, this, you know, upcoming week's episode, make sure you check out the pre-show because the pre-show was hilarious. Uh, Will Tereshuk, one-third of the uh, the Kings of the Rings podcast, talked about his uh, trip to Miami, and I'm telling you, this, it was, the story he told was absolutely freaking insane. I've seen the pictures of this, of coming from the story he talked about, um, but all, all he talked about was a $1,000 stick. The story behind it was absolutely hilarious. Um, it was just fantastic. So, um, I mean, you, I mean, yes, of course, go to check out, uh, listen to the wrestling news and all that good stuff, but stay for the pre-show and post-show because they got some stories and you definitely don't want to miss that. Every Wednesday night on YouTube and Twitch on uh, Kings of the Rings podcast on YouTube and KOTR underscore podcast on Twitch. Also, make sure you check out the Fretzelmania podcast every single Friday to kick off your weekend in proper YLP fashion as you always should. Him talking about, you know, old SmackDown episodes, man. It is just a joy to listen to. Make sure you check out the other family of Wrestle Addict Radio every single week here on Wrestle Addict Radio. On, of course, Anchor.fm, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audible, Stitcher Radio, Apple and Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Now we can get into the news of the week. And, of course, the top story that your boy has, Cesaro has left the WWE and which sent honestly huge shockwaves throughout the entire social media um, when we found out the news that Cesaro quietly left the WWE. So let's get into this. Well, I got two reports on it, but we'll start at WrestlingInc.com. Coming from, of course, my favorite writer in the game today, Mr. Mark Middleton. Cesaro reportedly left WWE on good terms. As noted earlier, it was revealed that Cesaro has quietly exited WWE after the two sides were in contract negotiations but unable to come to agreement on a new deal. Cesaro's contract ended up expiring, so he is now a free agent and is able to work with anyone he wants. There is no non-complete clause because the deal just expired. In an update, Fightful Select reports that the immediate reaction to the departure from people within WWE was disappointment and dismay as Cesaro was one of the most universally-liked talent on the roster. It was as far back as October when Cesaro began talking to some of his co-workers about possibly leaving WWE when his deal came up in February, telling them he wasn't sure if he'd be hanging around. Sources noted that Cesaro didn't necessarily provide a reason for leaving when saying his goodbyes to some, but others indicated reasonable disappointment on his part with how he was used, things he was left out of, and spots he didn't get to fill. There were WWE sources that spoke highly of Cesaro's professionalism in handling his last match, the February 11th loss to Happy Baron Corbin, and how he finished up with the company. Cesaro's departure is not a case of WWE not wanting him there. He was reportedly offered a new contract, but WWE sources say it was rejected. 
It was also said that there is a re- still a real possibility that Cesaro ends up resigning with WWE until he signs with someone else. Numerous sources within WWE report that the departure does not appear to be a door completely closed situation and that Cesaro did not burn his bridge. We noted earlier how Cesaro was originally scheduled to be at Friday's SmackDown, but he ain't there no more. The updated report notes that there were plans to use Cesaro in other upcoming shows, but at the time of the departure, there were no long-term creative plans for the veteran wrestler. I continue. It was also said that there was no indication Cesaro was going to resign, and therefore WWE had no have sent him to push him accordingly. Uh, of course, as we uh, mentioned before, he lost on the February 11th SmackDown to Happy Corbin. Uh, he had only wrestled just five matches in 2022 and lost every single one. Teaming with Ricochet for a loss to Sheamus and Rich Holland at day one. May have Mansoor for a fatal four-year loss to the Viking Raiders on January 14th. Teaming with Ricochet again for two day one rematch losses on January 28th and February 4th. And then the, his last match against Happy Corbin. Alright. We we will look over to SCScoops.com. As reported on Wednesday, Zara looks to be out at WWE and, and immediately will become a free agent. The news came as a bit of a shock for some, as it was assumed he had re-signed with the company with the company one year ago. However, it turns out that this was only a one-year extension rather than a long than a new long-term deal. In an update to the reporting on Cesaro's WWE contract expiring, which was broken first by a PW Insider, give them the credit they deserve, Fightful Select noted that the backstage mood at WWE over the news has been one of disappointment as this may, as, as what we talked about in the last article. Uh, let me see if there's anything new, because then I can just like get to what I need to talk about. Let's see. Nope, nope, okay, same old shit. So, Cesaro has left the WWE. I remember reading an article on Thursday. It was either Wednesday or Thursday of this week. I can't remember which day. Um, Where Bully Ray Bully Ray actually came out and said that Cesaro was one if not the most underutilized talent WWE has on their roster and should have been a multi-time world champion. I 100% believe everything that Billy Ray said in that. Hundred percent right. Let's see if I can find it because I know I know he actually said that. I've read that one hundred percent, and he's right. Again, do not mind Milo in the background. It is just Milo enjoying a delicious soup bone, so that way he doesn't get uh, into any troubles uh, like he did last week. So again, I apologize for the noise. My goodness. Let me see here. See if I can find it. I mean, I mean, I'll, I'll keep looking for it as I'm talking. But seriously, like this is like one of those things where, like, how do you fuck up everything? How do you fuck it up? How? Just honestly, how? 
it's just it, it's boggling. It's mind-boggling to me that they would actually believe in their heart of hearts that you know you have nothing for him, nothing, absolutely nothing long term. I read news that Vince McMahon never saw him as a main event guy. I can believe that. You know, like this this is absolutely fucked up. And okay, I found the quote here. So this is what he said. This is from uh, itrwrestling.com. He said, quote, most underutilized talent to me is Cesaro. Cesaro is a workhorse. Cesaro is the one of the best wrestlers, but most importantly, one of the best workers on the planet. It's impossible to have a bad match with Cesaro. Go back and watch the matches that Cesaro and Cena had years ago. The one thing that impressed me and Mark, you'll probably be able to understand better than even myself or Tommy, is the muscular endurance. 20, 25, 30 minutes deep when John Cena is doing things like jumping off the top rope and John Cena is what, 235 to 250 pounds of solid muscle that's moving at you very rapidly and Cesaro would catch him out of midair, throw him on top of his shoulders. You need incredible muscular endurance to do that first of all and then to execute the move safely. This, this, like, seriously? You mean to tell me that you have a guy in Cesaro? A guy in Cesaro who, honestly, in my personal opinion, should have been at least a two-time world champion without question. You mean to tell me that you had absolutely nothing for this man? Nothing. Long term for him. Seriously? Nothing long term for Cesaro. WWE. Seriously allowed themselves to let a guy like Cesaro go. Cesaro, who many of us believed that after his win at the, what was it, the, um, Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, he was going to get his jump start. Jetpack to the motherfucking moon. Nothing. He won the United States Championship once. Seven times he won the Tag Team Championship. Fought for the World Championship, I think, against Roman. And I don't even know if there was anybody else he, he even vied for. Proved he was a main event talent. And then Vince McMahon believes in his mind he's not a main event talent. Again, WWE. have the audacity to believe in my heart of hearts that Cesaro is not main event material. Cesaro's not main event material. Hmm? After what we saw with him and Roman, you still do not believe in your heart of hearts. He is not main event. That he is not a top tier dude on a brand. 
This has been the case for so much talent throughout the years in WWE. This one hurts the most. Actually, no, Karrion Cross hurt the most for me, but Cesaro hurts like a motherfucker. Because you legitimately had a, a legit solid kick-ass mid-carder at least in Cesaro. Had the feud with Roman, which was honestly one of the best matches I had seen that year. And still somehow not keep him in the main event picture. Then again, WWE SmackDown does not have a main event picture to speak of in the first fucking place, so who cares? But a guy like Cesaro cannot be given up that easily. How do you have nothing for a guy like Cesaro? You could have moved him over the Raw in the draft if you wanted to. And I think him, and I think a rematch with Rollins would have been fire. A match with Kevin Owens would have been fire. Him versus Drew McIntyre. No, Drew McIntyre was on SmackDown. I apologize. Um, him versus Lashley would have been fire. Him versus Brock Lesnar would have been pretty fucking dope if I say so my fucking self. Cesaro versus Styles, anyone? Bueller? Anyone? Any fucking body. I don't fucking get it. Seriously. Because Mr. Man. Is going to fucking tell me. That he's not main event. Okay. Okay. Again. WWE is just fucking up. Royally. With this shit. Every time, like every time you lose a talent, is one less guy you're gonna have for Manny. May I add, Mister McMahon, one less person that is gonna be main event or anywhere. Well, you, you're probably gonna put him in a fucking battle world to fucking begin with, so it really fucking matter. But seriously, Cesaro is going to go somewhere. AEW, Impact, New Japan, doesn't matter. I know for, I mean, I have a good, I have a good feeling that he's not going to come back to WWE. 10 years? 10 years. A United States Championship and a seven-time tag team champion. That's it. That's your accolades. Oh, and you won a battle royal that didn't mean dick. That's Cesaro's legacy. Didn't mean dick. Come on, fam. We're better than this. Now, Claudio Castagnoli is going to go on the going going to go back to possibly the Indies, New Japan, Impact, AEW, and Rock shit. That's exactly what's going to happen. You do not let a guy like Cesaro go and not expect him to kick ass anywhere else he goes. If he goes to AEW, fantastic. If he goes to Impact, beautiful. If he goes to New Japan, oh my God. If he, go, if he goes anywhere, it doesn't matter. He's going to kill it. 
And WWE, once again, is going to look like a bunch of dumbasses for not realizing that what they had in Cesaro is money. We saw it at WrestleMania 37 last year in his match against fucking Seth Rollins. One of the best matches of the night. Mans did a no-hand airplane fucking spin. Spun Seth Rollins around 22 times. Had a banger match with Seth. And you still believe in your fucking mind. He is not main event. Fuck you. That's bullshit. Cesaro deserved better than what he got. And I guarantee you, wherever he goes, he will be looked at as a fucking top guy that he fucking deserved to be. And I hope he does it. I hope WWE looks fucking foolish again, because as per usual, WWE... Don't fucking get it. And they never will. They never will. But we'll move on, though. We got more news. We head over to CageSideSeats.com. Big E didn't expect to be reunited with New Day on SmackDown after dropping WWE Championship. This is from Sean Reuter. As was the case with his New Day brother, Kofi Kingston, the joy of Big E winning the WWE Championship last year is clouded in retrospect by everything that followed. Since the end of a four-month reign where he really felt like the star on Raw, E is now reunited with Kingston on SmackDown in a move that seemingly ends his singles career, at least for now. It's a decision by Vince McMahon that acknowledges how great New Day are, even if we're not supposed to call them that right now, for reasons I don't fucking understand. But that's disappointed. But that's disappointed E supporters backstage and in the audience. Our guy Large Epsilon's already spoken about his disappointment. But saw a run, but now uh, Talk Sports got him on record about the move back to SmackDown's tag team ranks. It doesn't sound like what he wanted, but he's staying true to the power of positivity that makes New Easy so e- New Day so easy to root for. Quote: My focus has been on controlling what I can. We've had several interviews, and I'm sure I've ta- already talked your ears off about meditation, how much that's helped me. But that's my job. I focus on being the performer and do the very best with what I'm given. That's my focus. But I don't want any of that to be perceived as me taken away from being with Kofi and Woods. That's my greatest delight. For me, it was a transition, I will say, I did not expect at this time in my career. I had hoped to climb back and try to once again win back the WWE Championship, but we have a pretty big champion and a pretty big title on SmackDown as well, so you never know. End quote. It's really the only way you can approach something that's outside of your control and a tactful answer to a tough question that gives us yet another example of why E is someone WWE should push. Based on what happened since he dropped the belt and what happened to Kofi, though, it's hard to be too optimistic about Big E getting another chance at solo glory in WWE. Guess I should try meditating. Well, I'm fucking not. I'm not. The sad thing about what happened with Big E is that once his run was over, they gave him no rematch whatsoever. They didn't even bother to give him a fucking rematch at Royal Rumble, which honestly he fucking deserved, if I'm being dead honest. Not Lashley. Big E deserved that spot. Big E deserved to have that rematch. Because he was the one that got pinned, by the way. Some of y'all forgot that, huh? WWE didn't clearly give a fuck. And they quietly move him back over to SmackDown to rejoin the New Day. No reasoning, no pomp and circumstance, 
Nothing. No no reason of a possible trade or anything of that nature. Nothing. Not a goddamn thing. Now Big E's back with Kings with Kofi Kingston. And they're tagging, they're doing a tag team thing again. Dude! Know what you, could, you know what you could have done? At, at Elimination Chamber, instead of having fucking old Goldberg, could have had Big E for that championship, you know? Rematch from Survivor Series, Redemption Arc, and an opponent I actually would actually like Roman Reigns to see? I don't get it. I honestly don't fucking get it. And I, and I mean, kudos to Kofi for you know taking the high road on this shit. But I'll be the I'll be the you know curse word master for your asses. Big E deserved did not deserve what he got after his championship run. I know a lot of people were happy to see Big E win the championship, cashing in money in the bank, becoming WWE champion, got a bullshit ass run. But the WWE Championship gets no fucking rematch, no nothing whatsoever, gets moved to SmackDown, and then is treated as an afterthought. That's exactly what happened. Four months. Four months. Four months. That's all we got. We've been saying, people have been in, in the community have been saying for fucking years. I've been saying for years that you can still keep the New Day together and have one of them run for singles gold. I mean, McMahon missing the magic the New Day created together. Not wanting to call them New Day. Call them Big E and Kofi Kingston instead. Like, come the fuck on. Come on with that bullshit. That's bullshit. Flat out 100% bullshit. Big E deserved a lot better than what he got. And it's sad that we didn't give it to him. Because he honestly deserved it. That's just me, though. But we will end this particular segment of the show. Last article of the segment. We head over to Fightful.com. Killer Cross says it's hard not to feel like Triple H's NXT is being completely undone. From Robert D. Felice. Killer Cross says it's hard to deny that WWE is purposely working against Triple H's vision for NXT and the future of the company. Killer Cross was the last defending NXT champion of the black and gold era of the brand. Shortly after Cross lost the titles to Samoa Joe, the brand moved over to NXT 2.0 and underwent a completely new vision. Killer Cross appeared on Monday Night Raw as the NXT champion and lost the match within two minutes to Jeff Hardy. Now, Killer Cross is talking to Sean Ross Sapp about how, what he feels about WWE changing direction with NXT, saying, quote, If those conversations did take place from the top, they were never discussed with me. But I mean, that was in the air for sure. I had so many people I didn't even know, and I don't sit like saying it like this, maybe looking up to me or looking at my career as a thing they would want to pursue for themselves. I had people coming to me going, if they're going to do this to you, what are they going to do to me? This became a cautionary tale of people inside the company and outside the people company going, we know you, you're not a disruptive person, you're a professional, you do everything you're supposed to do. If this can happen to you, what am I doing here? I try to be positive. 
that's a hard thing for, for me to try to spin to people when I'm talking to them. I can't bullshit them. I really didn't know what to say to them. I had no idea. That's not the way you want your roster and your team to feel. You don't want them to feel like that, end quote. Regarding the loss of Jeff Hardy, Killer Cross said it definitely made him feel off and it, that it killed the momentum for his match with Samoa Joe at TakeOver 36. Quote, the loss of Jeff, too, the way that was booked, a lot of people felt like it shot the main event in the head for TakeOver with Joe. You know what I mean? It was just a lot of things that unfortunately could have been done differently and would have improved everything in general. How can you say it doesn't feel that way? It does feel really unusual. Thinking back, there's just so many things that weren't adding up and making sense from just before TakeOver to all the way on the way out. I still have a ton of friends that are there, and there's just so many question marks all over everything. If it's ever going to come out, you know they're just going to do some two-hour program and just find a way to monetize all the weirdness. There's, but there's so much, man. I even think, too, everything during the pandemic when we were filming at the beginning of it, there's so much backstage footage. End quote. Killer Cross says he has a guy who tries to stay in his own bubble in order to keep wrestling fun for himself, as he has seen many become overwhelmed by the backstage ongoings of wrestling. Quote, I've always been a guy that's lived in my own bubble in wrestling because I see the clicky stuff going on. You hear people gossiping, you hear people talking shit. Not everybody always gets along. A lot of people actually do get along. Some people need to vent in a car or whatever. I've always tried to shield myself from that type of stuff because I've always wanted to protect this. I wanted this to still continue to be fun for me. I know some guys that just become consumed with how other people are being booked and how much this person is being paid. I've always just been waiting the time that I'm going out to be that I'm going to be allotted to go out there and perform and try to knock that out. I don't want my energy to be stolen by this type of stuff, end quote. Regarding Triple H's NXT being dismantled, Cross says it's not hard, it's hard not to, to not feel like the black and gold era of NXT is being torn apart. Saying, quote, it really, it does feel really unusual. Thinking back, there's just so many things that weren't adding up and making sense from just before TakeOver to all the where, really? Okay, yeah, he already said that. Continuing on, Killer Cross says that at some point, there could be an abundance of talent released about all of WWE during the pandemic because there is quite a lot of footage of how the wrestlers banded together. Quote, I wish people could see how close we all got and banded together during such uncertain times. All the stuff that was filmed. There's going to be programs about that one day for sure. There could be. I thought we had to adapt in those times and how we were living and what people were going through emotionally and how they were feeling. Maybe it's just too early to do a program on that right now. But I do wonder if they're ever just going to tell everybody what the fuck actually happened. Because so many of us would actually really like to know, me being one of them, like, what the fuck happened? End quote. He's right. 100% right. I mean, everything that went down with NXT black and gold era before it went bye-bye. It was quite shocking the way everything went about. And I I, I, I mean I mean I mean yeah, NXT 2.0 is is starting to build something. But the way it all went about, the way they did Triple H dirty, all that stuff. I mean, you can't, I mean, I feel so bad. I still feel bad for Triple H. I feel bad for Triple H every single time because of the fact that, you know, Vince McMahon came in and literally just said, you lost the war. Fuck you. Your black and gold era is done. And I'm changing everything about it. And there's nothing you're going to do about it. 
Because I've run WWE, you don't, fuck you. There's so many questions that need answering. But I think we all know the idea of why NXT 2.0 is now here. We all know this, I've explained it at length, you've read about it and all that good shit. But there's no reason, you know... I mean, it is it is what it is now. 2.0 is here. But Cross, pretty much, like, we want, like, what the fuck happened? What the fuck really happened? We'll never know. We'll never know. We'll have our inklings. But, I mean, I think we all kind of have a grasp of what actually happened and why NXT 2.0 is here. But I just want to put that out there. And Killer Cross is 100% correct in this case. When we come back, we kick off our final segment talking about WrestleMania 38 backstage update on the updated card. And I'm going to talk a lot of shit and laugh at it as well as AJ Styles. Boy, did he get him some money. Fat contract. Lucrative, they say. Multi-million dollars per year. We'll talk about how much He's going to get per year, and I'll give you my thoughts on that as well. And we end today's episode on a happy note, and we announce the final member of the Ring of Honor Hall of Fame. Who made it? And the, and one person in particular, I think, in my opinion, Ring of Honor left out of their inaugural Hall of Fame. We'll discuss that on the other side of episode 323 of the YLP Podcast. Don't you move a muscle. Be right back. Alright ladies and gentlemen, while you're listening to the wonderful sounds of Milo still eating his soup bone, it is time for the final segment of episode 323 of the YLP Podcast. And here we go. So before I get into this first article, I think this little soundbite makes sense. Here. That's because, as we head over to SportsKita.com, backstage update on the current card for WrestleMania 38 from Matt Black. WWE reportedly have their plans in place regarding the WrestleMania 38 card. According to a report from Ringside News, a tenured member of the creative team has informed them that the WrestleMania card seems to be in order but isn't currently a lock. They explain that nothing is locked until it happens due to Vince McMahon constantly changing plans. With WrestleMania being over a month away, it's good to know that the company has a general idea of the direction they want to go over the next several weeks of television. With two nights to fill, plenty of match announcements should be happening over the next couple of weeks on Raw and SmackDown. With While the card might currently be in place internally, only at this moment now, there'll be no five, four matches have been locked in since being announced on WWE programming. A fifth one is currently being teased as an open challenge. Once Edge's open challenge is answered, we'll officially have five matches announced for WrestleMania 30. The following matches are currently announced for this year's card. As we know of right now, of course, 
Roman versus Brock for in a winner take all match for the Universal Champion, Universal and WWE titles. Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's title. The Miz and Logan Paul versus the Mysterios and Edge's Open Challenge. That's all we know. We literally have five weeks until WrestleMania 38. And we only have five matches in place. Five. Take a sip of my coffee. Five matches on deck. And you're going to just rapid fire match announcements one after the other until you have a a filled WrestleMania weekend. Here's the problem with that. Y'all could have been doing y'all could have been figuring this out a long time ago. I'm not saying it had to be in permanent marker, but at least by Royal Rumble, it should at least have been in pain as to what you want to do for WrestleMania 38. And as we as we speak as I speak right now and as you sit and listen to this podcast, we have literally what? Sink. Five weeks. Five weeks. And we only have five matches on the card. I mean, we already know long-term booking is not their strong suit as it is, nor is it thinking creatively long-term to set up programs that should have been in place at least by, like, beginning of Survivor Series to try to, you know, figure things out. But WWE doesn't know how to do that anymore. WWE has lost the ability to actually figure out how to have more in place than what we have right now. And of course, we talked in the Discord, you know, everybody has their opinions on that. And I mean, as for me, it's more so along the lines of this. I don't want WrestleMania 38 to feel like a rush job. But to me, this is what it's looking like. That's exactly what it looks like to me. It's basically, this is a rush job. We have five weeks left. We only have five matches that we know of on the card. And that's all we have right now. What about the tag team title matches? Who's going to be fighting in those? You know, we don't even know who, you know, we possibly may be getting Sami Zayn versus Johnny fucking Knoxville for the Intercontinental Intercontinental Championship. At WrestleMania. Fuck your life! Bing bong! Yeah. Hold on, excuse me one second. Well, well. Good boy. See you later, bud. Bye, Dad. Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. Had to let the dog out of the room. Or out of my office, which is what I like to say. And he comes back in to get the super bone. <laughs> Can't leave my soup bone, Dad. Have to keep it near me. I understand, Bubba. I understand. Anyway. But see, like, it concerns me. It concerns me a bunch because of the fact that, you know, 
I would think at this point in the game, WWE would want to have a little bit more for us to look forward to. I mean, we don't have a United States title match yet. We don't know who's going to... I mean, Intercontinental Championship seems like it's going to be Zayn versus Knoxville, like I said. Women's Tag Team Championships don't matter. We're going to get freaking McIntyre versus Happy Corbin. Anyone want to anyone want to be interested in that? Anyone be want to be investigate that shit? Because honestly, though, because I'm just like literally. Fuck your life, Bing Bong. That's how I feel. That's how I honestly feel. That's how I feel right now in terms of WrestleMania. Once it gets to this point. You should have your pretty, like, this is how I see it at this point. We are about to reach March. We have five matches on the card. Now this is going to be a rush job. If, if anything, you should have at least double that. At least close to at least a night's worth of shit. Even, even if, you know, because let's, let's just really break it down now. Because, you know, you already got the Universal Championship and WWE Championship locked up. So that's going to be one match in and of itself. Your women's titles are pretty much solid. You have the both ties of the Tag Team Championships. That's two matches in and of itself. And then you have Intercontinental United States. So that's about five matches. We could have added to the card already had we actually figured out um, everything. And then hopefully Edge versus AJ Styles. You know, I know. I know, Milo. But seriously, I, I feel as if they're just going to do a straight-up rush job and it's not going to be anything worthwhile to me. That's 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 the scariest part about it. Is that I'm wondering... I'm wondering if, you know, they're really going to pull this off. I'm wondering if they're really going to pull this off. Because 37 actually was actually solid. And... I, th- I have that feeling that WWE is, re- is resorting back to their bullshit. And seriously, I- I- my concern is that they're going to give us a WrestleMania that is just going to be boring as fuck. And not worth the time, not worth the effort. I mean, I honestly pray that I don't have to come here April, you know. What would it be? Hold on. Look at me calendar here. I don't want to come here on April 9th to give to say I told you so's. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be like that dude to be like, told you. But I'm leaning toward I'm leaning towards I'm getting more and more concerned as we go on into WrestleMania season. And I'm concerned that it's just gonna to be too much of a rush job, too much of matches that may suck. I mean, if we get McIntyre and Corbin in Knoxville versus Zayn, that's that's two I don't give a shit about. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully they get it together and actually make something of, of it, but we shall see. And my concern is at an all-time high every single time this comes around. But let's get into some fun shit. Because AJ Styles got some money. AJ Styles just secured the bag. Without a question. I literally wrote all my posts that no AJ Styles secures the bag. Let's let's talk about that. As we head over to WrestlingNews.co, AJ Styles has signed a big money contract 
with WWE. This is also from Andrew Ravens. WWE has locked down another wrestler to a new contract, and that's AJ Styles. There have been rumblings last month that Styles was in contract talks with the company. Fightful Select reported on Tuesday, this when this article came out, that a deal has been reached as he signed a multi-year deal. His original contract was set to expire in the spring and summer, which would have made him a free agent for the first time since leaving NJPW in 2016. WWE expected interest from other promotions, so they wanted to get a new deal done before he could legally talk with anyone else. It was said Styles is said to be very happy in the company, as he has publicly stated that he would like to work for WWE when his time as an active in-ring performer is over. Per the report, Styles' deal is over $3 million a year. Sources told the media outlet that he deserved every penny and would easily make that bet for the company. It was added that Styles has some additional bus travel accommodations paid for, as well as uh, getting that bag. I mean, whoo! And then reported yesterday, um, several WWE stars making millions per year. AJ Styles expected to stay with the company for life from Paul Davis, including a recent PW Torch audio show. During a recent PW Torch audio show, Wade Keller discussed the news about AJ Styles signing a new WWE contract. Deal was said to be very lucrative and said that many wrestlers in WWE are making multi-million dollars per year. Saying, quote, AJ Styles signed a deal following in the footsteps of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens as really talented wrestlers that a lot of fans would have been intrigued to see go to AEW. But as I'm hearing, WWE, I'm not saying they're at the percent they should be at in terms of pay talent versus revenue coming in or anything like that, but they are paying more people multi-million dollars per year easily than in the past, end quote. Keller said that this does not apply to everyone, but there are more big money contracts being offered than ever before. And we'll explain why in just a moment. Keller said, quote, not anybody gets it, but I'm hearing quite a few people are getting deals where they're just like, oh, yeah, I'll take that. And I think AJ is one of them, who has immense respect within the company with his peers and management, and it's been a good journey for him in WWE. It sounds like he wants to stay there even past his wrestling days. He just likes the organization, and so he's probably going to be a lifer. Keller described Styles as, quote, kind of a, like in a Shawn Michaels type where you just expect him to be part of the company in some form or fashion, end quote. Of course, like I said before, report, Styles reported this on for $3 million per year. Dave Meltzer reported that in the Wrestling Observer newsletter that his pay would put him in the top echelon of paid stars. The top paid stars include Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, Ronda Rousey, Randy Orton, Edge, Goldberg, Y, and The Miz. Meltzer stated that Owens is also a top paid guy and Styles' deal would be more than what he is making. And of course, I've got to use the code from PW Torch. VIP, H T, all that good stuff. I don't want to get to. Anywho, AJ Styles deserve it. AJ Styles deserves that money. It's AJ fucking Styles. <laughs> it's AJ Styles. Come on. I mean, I know for a fact that, I mean, Styles really like seems like he didn't want to go anywhere else. It, it seemed to me when he left NGPW in 2016, and went over to WWE and from interviews I've read and all that stuff. Like, he seems like he wants to be in WWE for the remainder of his career and then work in some kind of capacity behind the scenes. Just makes sense. I mean, it's, it's AJ Styles. Why wouldn't you want to keep him in your company for the remainder of his career when you know he's still got some, you know, good matches left in him? If you want to get Edge 
versus it just does at WrestleMania. Um, that would be effing great. And that should have been a match you've already considered in your head like six, seven months ago. Just putting it out there. You're welcome in advance. Uh, hope to receive my check in the mail. Thank you very much. But seriously, this, this proves that, you know, WWE sees big things with AJ Styles and they really see something in him that will keep him around for the rest of his career. I mean, you know, he's, he's good with, you know, with management, people respect him in the company, you know, Vince McMahon, you know, digs him. Why wouldn't you make him a paid top guy? Now, if we could put him in top situations instead of having tag matches with Omos and just, you know, not really giving him much anything to do, that'd be great. But when you give a man big money, you got to give him big opportunities. That, that's kind of how that works. If, you know, if AJ Styles is good, you're going to pay him handsomely and you're hoping that it's still going to be there. But you also, in, on your side of things, have to ensure since he's now being paid like a top guy, you got to give him some big shit to work with. Starting at WrestleMania 38 against Edge. Let's just keep it a stack. That's the only way it makes sense. If you're going to give that man big money, I think on your end, you should be giving him big matches. You know, if if the titles are unified, I would like to see him be a contender for the for the championship. That'd be sweet. You know, Styles is a top guy. He should, he should be he should be working big shit. He shouldn't be working, you know, mid-card shit. He is a top-tier main event guy. And they paid him as such. And we shall see what goes from there. But, hey, kudos to AJ Styles. Securing the bag. $3 million per year ain't nothing to slouch at. That is not, that is big, big money. That is, your kids are good money. Now, as I said before, um, before we go on to the final article, um, you know, they're paying, you know, people multi-million dollars per year easily than in the past. And the only reason I wanted to put, speak on this for just a quick second is because of the fact that you don't want your talent to go anywhere. And you don't want them going to AEW. Now, you don't want talent, you know, just being like, Fuck your life, bing bong. And, and going to AEW or some other place. You want to make sure they're good. We were talking about this last year. So, I know what you did it for, but you actually gave it to a guy that actually fucking deserved it. Not just because, you know, you didn't want to lose them going to AEW for bigger contracts. That just bees what it bees off that. But let's get into our final article of today's episode. And I am so happy. I am so absolutely fucking happy that this person really has made it um, into this into this particular Hall of Fame. You know, I'm just so happy. So, so freaking happy. And let's get into it, of course. Let me, well, I'm going to pull up something fancy real quick. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Look in my eyes, what do you see? 
CM Punk, ladies and gentlemen, is announced as the final, as far as we know, the final entrant in the inaugural Ring of Honor Hall of Fame class. This is from, of course, Joey G over at WrestlingHeadlines.com. Ring of Honor issued the following press release announcing that AEW superstar and Ring of Honor legend CM Punk will be the next entrant into the inaugural Hall of Fame. The former multi-time world champion George Brian Danielson, Samoa Joe, and the Briscoes as the first entrance into the 2022 class. This is what Ring of Honor had to say. Quote, Ring of Honor is proud to welcome CM Punk, one of the most charismatic and compelling performers in ROH history, into the Ring of Honor Hall of Fame. Punk is the final member of the inaugural class, joining the Briscoes, Brian Danielson, and Samoa Joe. Punk made his Ring of Honor debut in 2002 and experienced a meteoric rise thanks to his in-ring ability, mic skills, and brash attitude. He incited fans by proclaiming that his straight-edge lifestyle means I'm better than you. Punk had many memorable moments in ROH, including the iconic Summer of Punk in 2005 when he won the Ring of Honor World Championship right after accepting a deal with WWE and signing the contract on the Ring of Honor World Championship in front of everybody in the crowd. Beautiful. Mwah. Chef's kiss. Oh, you'll love to see it. Throughout the summer, Punk taunted Ring of Honor fans by repeatedly threatening to take the Ring of Honor World title debt within the WWE, but lost the championship in August of that year. In 04, he engaged in an epic trilogy of matches with then Ring of Honor World Champion Samoa Joe that have become the stuff of legend. That was my words, not theirs. Wrestling the two 60-minute draws before Joe prevailed in their final meeting. Punk also had a heated rivalry with Raven that is regarded as one of the greatest feuds in Ring of Honor history, raging war against each other in unforgettable dog collar and steel cage matches. In addition to his Ring of Honor World title reign, he also won the Ring of Honor World Championship Tag Team Championship on two occasions as a member of the Second City Saints. After leaving Ring of Honor, Punk became one of the biggest stars in the industry in WWE. He wrestled in main events against the likes of The Rock and John Cena, and his 434-day title reign as WWE Champion is the sixth longest in company history. After stepping away from pro wrestling for more than seven years, Punk made his return last year in AEW, where he continues to be one of the promotion's top stars. A career retrospective on Punk will be featured on this weekend's episode of Ring of Honor Television, and a special YouTube special, on Punk dropping this Monday, February 28th at 9 a.m. on Ring of Honor's YouTube channel. A special Hall of Fame episode of Ring of Honor Wrestling will feature all the inductees airing on the weekend of March 5th, which is actually the day before Miss YLP herself's birthday. So it's a good reminder for me. But this is honestly fantastic. I think ROH really really carefully considered who they wanted in as the inaugural class. Um, they really carefully configured um, who they wanted. I'm sure there was more names that they wanted in their initial class. Um, we can go to uh, Roddy, Roderick Strong, who was, a, who was Mr. ROH. Um, AJ Styles would have been a lock um, had he not been in WWE. Sami Zayn, I think, would have been a lock. Uh, Kevin Steen would be a, would have definitely been in consideration um, if Owens wasn't in WWE right now. Um, but this class of the Briscoes, Samoa Joe, Brian Danielson, and CM Punk, that is one hell of a fucking class. As your inaugural class for the 2022 Ring of Honor Hall of Fame. This is amazing. This is literally the essence of... ROH. 
And there was two, there was, uh, I was listening to the pre-show for the Kings of the Rings podcast um, on Wednesday, which you, you should go check out, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube and Twitch. Um, they were talking about, uh, they opened the show, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, with um, talking about the Ring of Honor Hall of Fame and CM Punk becoming the member um, in the Hall of Fame. And there was one person I actually came up, and then actually two came to my mind. Um, one who I know probably wouldn't be wouldn't be able to get into um, WWE because he's in the company. And one person I think they honestly it snubbed hard. Those two people, in my opinion, Nigel McGuinness and Jay Lethal. Um, I know I said one in the uh, beginning of today's episode, but the other one crossed my mind. Um, and we talked about it last week. I talked about it last week with Nick um, as to who we think would be in the class before CM Punk was announced. And uh, Nigel McGuinness was, we were both in agreement of, Jay Lethal was one that came to my mind because he was about as down with ROH as anyone else in the company, especially in its heyday. Um, if anything, you know, you could consider him, you know, a possible Mr. ROH, rather a strong one like that. But Jay Lethal was about as ROH as ROH gets. In a time where he could have went anywhere in professional wrestling because he was that fucking damn good. And mind you, he wasn't, um, you know, uh, Impact for a hot minute with the exhibition and all that good stuff. Ric Flair promo. We loved it. Um, Jay Lethal was ROH. And Jay Lethal lived and breathed ROH. Winning, being a former ROH TV champion, former ROH world champion, also holding both titles at the same time for a hot minute. Creating the foundation, which honestly gave us Jed Arthur and Gresham, and for that, we fucking thank you. Holy shit. But seriously, if, if there were, if we didn't just get four and we got six, I would have easily put in Nigel McGinnis 100% because he was about as ROH as it got. And he and Danielson had one of the best rivalries in ROH history. Punk and Samoa Joe had a banger, a banger rivalry. Danielson and Samoa Joe had a banger of a rivalry. I mean, you know. But Jay Lethal was right there. And so was Nigel McGinnis. These two, I think, I mean, I get, I get the fact that McGinnis couldn't do, he couldn't do McGinnis because he um, is on, in NXT UK. But Jay Lethal, I think, should have been, I'm sure they gave Jay Lethal a look. But I think, personally, I think it might, it's not, it's not a big snub, but it is a snub nonetheless. I think if you got Jay Lethal in there as the fifth, I would have been perfectly fine with that. That's your class. Bang. The class itself, regardless of who's not in, this class is amazing. This is, I think, when Ring of Honor really came down to it, they wanted to like have the, who were the true essence of Ring of Honor. Briscoes have literally been in there, there since day one. Samoa Joe, longest reigning, I believe, the longest reigning Ring of Honor champion of all time. Um, if I'm not mistaken, if I am wrong, let me know. Um, hit me up in the Discord. Um, Brian Danielson just made sense. He was he was part of that, and CM Punk definitely deserved the nod. All all of these people deserve the nod. I think there would have been another one or two that they could have put in there if it weren't for certain things. Um, but personally, I think this is the quintessential core of Ring of Honor right here. I, I think this is this is about as good as it gets. This is going to be an absolutely amazing Hall of Fame, and I think like. Like, it's just going to be bonkers. It's going to be so good. And I, I'm really excited for all the all of them. Um, for Danielson, for Joe, for Punk, and for 
the Briscoes. Um, I'm really excited to see this. Cl- like, this is a hell of a class. This is a damn good first class. It's first class, first class. That's how good it is. And I'm very proud of all of them, all five of them, for um, being a part of the Hall of Fame. As far as we know, this is the class. That's it. There's no more um, on that stuff. It's just going to be really cool to see, you know, in retrospect, you know, when we get to that Hall of Fame, how everything is going to go. Because this is, this is just a fantastic class. Well done, Ring of Honor, um, for actually putting this together and actually giving us, you know, a Hall of Fame we can be proud of. You know what I mean? This is a this is gonna be insane because now we're gonna try to figure out who's gonna induct the Briscoes, who's inducting Brian Danielson, who's inducting Samoa Joe, who's inducting CM Punk. Um, that'll be a question for another day. But that's today. But for today, that is where we're gonna leave it. All right. So that's gonna conclude episode three twenty three of the YLP podcast. When we come back, we'll close out the show in proper YLP fashion and get you represent get you ready <laughs> words are hard i'm just really excited for episode 324 of the ylp podcast be right back Well, guys, that's going to be it for episode 323 of the YLP Podcast. As always, I want to thank you for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for taking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. Again, if you have any comments, questions, concerns, or opinions about today's episode, seriously, I want you to sound off, let your voice be heard. Do not hesitate to hit Mr. YLP himself, that would be me, with an email over at younglinesperspective at gmail.com. You can also hit me up and slide in my DMs, all that good stuff. You can find me on Twitter at YLPerspective. You can also find me on Instagram at young underscore lions underscore perspective. And you can also find me on Facebook. Okay? Just simply search for Young Lions Perspective Podcast. All right? And all the Instagram stuff I do also goes over to Facebook as well, so you can never miss a post from that. Follow me on those platforms to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP Podcast. Of course, if you enjoyed this episode, do not hesitate to tell a friend. Tell a friend about the YLP Podcast. Share this episode across all of your social media and other apps you use. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, WhatsApp, Telegram, all that good stuff, whatever you use. You can even text message your friends this, share an episode, share it on Facebook Messenger, any way you can. Spread the word of the YLP podcast. Because the more ears we get, the more that helps us at WrestleMatic Radio and gets more ears onto our product. Because with the Kings of the Rings podcast, the Fronts of Media podcast, and of course, the YLP podcast, we here at WrestleMatic Radio strive to bring you the very best that we have to offer in terms of speaking on professional wrestling to be the very best, the top of the pops, the cream of the crop, and all points in between to be then, now, and forever the alternative for professional wrestling podcasts. And this is a reminder that we are here to stay. Now, of course, I know y'all do not have the Anchor app. Not all of y'all have the Anchor app, but it's perfectly fine. You're not hurting my feelings. Everybody has their particular platform they like to use to listen to their podcasting apps, but, 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 
If you think we're just on Anchor.fm, my friend, you are sadly mistaken. Please expand your horizons. You can find us on many different platforms, including, of course, Amazon Music and Audible. Excuse moi. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, CastBox FM, Overcast, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, Apple, oh, that's the Apple, Apple and Google Podcast. Probably did, but I'm going to say it again. And of course, don't you forget about that good old Spotify fam. Search for the entire family of WrestleLadic Radio Podcast. You should have no problem finding us whatsoever. And I'm going to look to the judges to ensure that I fulfill my obligations for this week's episode looking to the country of Czech Republic. Where my, where my dad's side comes from. I believe I'm getting the thumbs up on that. So we are good for this week. So, of course, y'all know we will be getting the month of March next week. First weekend of March. And I need you to keep a secret from me, okay? A very, very, very important secret. Milo, this is on YouTube. Okay, Dad, I can keep a secret. It's not hard. All I have to do is just eat bones and chicken and all that good stuff, Dad. I can easily keep a secret. All right, I'm holding you to it, bud. Next week is actually a very, very special occasion. Not only because, well, my birthday already passed four weeks ago, so we're already good on that. But it is actually Miss YLP's birthday weekend. And this is going to be a very special uh, weekend for her. So, um, so we're going to maybe do a little bit something with Miss YLP um, next week's episode of the YLP podcast. We shall see. We shall see if she's down to come on. Um, we'll see how all that goes and all that good stuff in between. Um, hopefully we can do something special like that. And of course, y'all know what I'm going to do next week. We're going to be talking about all the news that's fit for me to talk about. Of course, as we lead up into WrestleMania season, we'll be discussing more of that, hopefully. And anywhere else around the professional wrestling world, we can speak on. Other than that, guys, enjoy your last weekend of February. Hope you guys enjoy it well. If you're going to go out this weekend, please, of course, as always, drink one for me. And make sure you're taking that Uber and Lyft home. No need for that five-figure uh, nonsense that you have to deal with with courts, fees, and all that good stuff in between. Because it's not a good situation. You don't want to be that guy or that girl. So let's make sure this weekend we have a good time. But other than that, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Have a very prosperous, productive, kick-ass week. And I'll see you guys right back here next Saturday for episode 324 of the YLP Podcast. See you! This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.